You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. If you will turn to 1 Corinthians 15, uh, we'll start in verses 1 through 4, and then we'll get to verses 9 and 10. But uh, Coach started us off a few weeks ago, uh, and as we met over the Thanksgiving break, it was um, Tom, my dad, Justin, and myself. And uh, as I sat there, you know, as I was I got invited, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I remember sitting there going, like, I'm not saying a word. Like, I'm new to this, but I'm just going to listen. You know, and, and, <clears throat> and dad's not here, so I feel like I can say it. He's watching, but I can say it. I get to work with my dad. I've grown up with my dad. I, he's awesome. And I can say that because I've known him for 36 years. I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and I've seen the growing that has happened in his life. But to sit there as, as Tom is, is leading this, and I'm just kind of observing and listening, and to watch my dad. So when, when my dad has asked something, he'll tell you. And it doesn't always come out. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's always blunt. Um, and he gets that from, from, from his mom. And, um, but to watch... As Tom was, you know, he asked us, you know, we're taking a break from Luke, and where are we? Where do we need to go? What is our church body? What is the church? What does our body need to hear? And to watch, I just sat there and watched my dad, and I could see it just spinning. And I'm thinking, like, I know he has an answer, but I could see here's here's the difference than he was 15 years ago. He was checking with the Spirit and asking for discernment. And then only in a way my dad could say, he said, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. But in verse 1 it says, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. Is this the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you? Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Verse 3, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come to You this morning, and I just pray that I get out of the way. You know that where my heart has been, you know that what's been going on in my mind the last month. It is hard to remove emotions and feelings. And I ask you that you step in and that I just be a vessel in your truth. Your truth speaks. Thank you so much for this church body. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we sat there and met, you can look down at verses 9 and 10. As we sat there and met, the, the, the thing that kept coming back to me when, when, when Brother Tom asked us this question was grace and hope just kept coming over me when he asked, you know, what do we, what does our body need? And honestly, it was, it was kind of more about me in that moment. It was, this is what I need. I need grace and I need hope. Because the holidays, sometimes they're wonderful, but sometimes they're tough. You know, when I went to a funeral this past week for one of my high school coaches, for my favorite coach that I actually got to talk to him around Halloween. 
you know, that happened right before Christmas. That changed the dynamic for, for that family, you know. And so, and there's, there's stories like that where, you know, maybe you're alone. Maybe you don't have a, have a family member or a spouse or whatever it is. So sometimes those things can be tough. I felt the weight of not having it all together. And I know a lot of us feel that way. And I know I need to hand it over to him. But that's hard sometimes. It's really hard to submit because you, you walk through the fire, as that song said, and you know he's there. But sometimes when you keep walking through it, it kind of gets old. And you kind of get, I get, where I just don't really want to hand it over to him. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. As my dad kicked off with verses 1 through 4, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to pay attention to things, you're trying to listen, but you kind of keep reading sometimes. At least I do that. And he's preaching, but I'm like, okay, I'm done with one and four. Like, I'm, I'm going to keep reading. And I'm sitting there, actually, Justin's in the back running it, and I'm texting Justin, like, this is it. Like, like this is it. Verses 9 and 10. I'm, uh, I think do we, have, we have the NLT up, and then I, I, I like NLT and CSB. NLT, for I am the least of all the apostles. This is uh, Paul speaking. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. The CSB reads like this, For I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So I said earlier that grace and hope was my answer. It carried away. As I started researching grace, uh, J.E. Watkins put me on something a couple of years ago of when you find a, a attribute of God or word of God to research the Hebrew or the Greek. So as I started researching this, um, I came across uh, the Bible Project had a word study on grace. Um, the Hebrew word for gracious, uh, and I'm going to butcher this because I'm a redneck, but hen, I think there's a little more behind it. I can't do it, um, but it meant favor. As we read in the NLT right there, so we found favor. You know, but and then in verse 10, but the grace of God, but the favor of God was with me. Second Peter 3:18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. But grow in the favor and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, so how do we grow? And as I kind of approach this, <clears throat> um, I just turned 36 recently, and I'm, I'm kind of, my body's feeling it a little bit, and a lot of y'all say, ah, it's still young. Yes, I know, but my body feels at least 46. Um, and a couple of chuckles, but some of you people are older, and you're like, you just wait, you know. Saying that, I... It's hard for me to sit here and tell somebody how to grow when I'm as young as I am. 
<clears throat> but Tom kind of stole my punchline uh, Friday night. It really did. It's just I love how the spirit works. Tom said Friday night, if you don't know what dark is, it's hard to see what's light. And that was just validation. Like I was already on track. That was just validation that I needed, that I was on the right track because I've been, I've been preparing this for a month. And I'll be honest, I didn't finish till last night. Every time I sat down to kind of go through my process, like I just, there was, it was like two things God was telling me. His and this. I was like, okay, how do we mesh this together? And how do I remove my emotions and my feelings out of the way? So here we go. Alistair Begg uh, said, if you can pull that up. And my dad shared this to me uh, a few weeks ago. <clears throat> Our God is the God of grace who comes into the darkness of the experience of men and women to bring his light, joy, and peace. A story which is so wonderfully conveyed to us in the celebration of lights that we enjoy this time of year. You know, I read that and it kind of made me look at Christmas lights a little different. Just from an imagery standpoint. It helped me remember and reminded me that, yeah, it's just a light bulb that's on the house. But while we're celebrating this, this Christmas is because of his birth and because of the ultimate gift that we were given. And so to see the black night sky and to see all these lights... Help me remember him. For me, my growth happened in darkness. Darkness is different for, uh, for almost everyone. Um, I think there's a lot of people in here that have been through darkness. As Tom said, if you don't know what it is, it's hard to see the light. I think a lot of us have been there. Maybe some of us are still in it. So I think sometimes we go back to it. I think sometimes <clears throat> maybe not go back to the, the, once we escape darkness and get to the light, I don't mean it's over. I mean, there's still more life to live, and that makes me a nervous wreck. Just to be, I, just to be honest, of, of, you, you fight to get to the light and how naive of me to think that it's not going to happen again or that something else in life is not going to come again. My darkness was a pitch black hole. And I don't want to get into too many specifics with, with my stuff, you know, but I look at Paul. Paul, or Saul, was literally blinded. You know, I, <laughs> I was done with all this, and I'm sitting with my dad. I had to go borrow his printer because I still don't buy my own printer and go use their stuff. And we were talking. You know, he said, do you think that Saul just would have listened to some voice that everybody else could hear? Apparently not, because God had to use literal darkness to get him. And I've never thought about it that way. Read the story a thousand times. Growing up, he was blind. Okay, cool story, you know. But won't you stop and think, like, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't see my children. 
You know? I don't know what I would do to be in literal darkness. For Paul, it was that. For Jesus, it was in the Garden of Gethsemane where he started feeling all the weight and all the pressure and all of our sin. And then died and was in a tomb. But the tomb couldn't hold him. If you will, will you please put up that uh, next picture? So this was sent uh, in a group email from, from some people I work with about a year or two ago. I can't remember. Um, what a picture. I mean, I imagine Peter being right there, you know, where Peter's all gone co. You know, I'm, I, I thought about Garth as I was getting ready for this and stepping off this thing because I can't be still. I'm sorry to cut to it, but I just still recall that because I've been so worked up and I can't sit still. I'm like, if I step off that thing, I'm just going to walk out the door. Um, and this picture, I just, wow. I've never been accused lately of not being real. I'm still learning how to navigate some of that and, and do it with grace and dignity and be like my dad, but be a little bit more <laughs> gracious in how it's delivered. Um, there's a reason I've had a lot of trouble getting ready for this one. Because over the last three years, all that I've lived is I've been asking him, when it's time, tell me when it's time to share and to get real, real. And he told me, and I said, mm -mm, I don't want to. So here we go. The reason I love this picture is um, in, in my counseling, in my, uh, and I won't give his name, but I don't know what the correct terms are, but we go to a, a certain place, and it's just me and him, and we get into this visual place. So for a long time, it was always water. It was this picture, it was, it was water, and then it turned into, um, I'm on the bottom of a rope in the middle of an ocean, dark, waves are crashing, um, and just hanging on for dear life. And then it turned into looking up and seeing a light, just a hole, and then it turned into Jesus was looking down at the top. And I wrestled and I wrestled and I tried and I tried to climb the rope. And I'd make it about halfway and sure enough, shh, flip right back down. But rope burns, holding on to that daggone rope, wearing myself out because I wasn't going to let go of him. <clears throat> that continued for the better half of a year and a half. And I went every week for a year and a half. What an amazing, beautiful, ugly journey and process. Fast forward, 
Now I don't go as often, but I went a few weeks ago, and I was just done. I have fought, and I have wrestled, and he's allowed me to wrestle with him. And I said, I've done it your way. I've done what you've asked. I'm done. So I'm on my knees, and, and the counselor goes, all right, where's he at? And I said, he's standing right here. I'm at his feet. He goes, okay. And it started out as God, and it kind of shifted to Jesus. I know they're one and the same, but this is just where, where it goes. And, and he said, I see him reaching out to you. What are you going to do with it? And I could feel the war in my mind. I could feel the war physically in my body. I knew I needed to reach. I knew that I needed to reach for him. But I was done. And I could feel that I needed to. I was like, but if I reach, it's fake. Because I don't want to do it. So I didn't. And for time's sake, we had to come out of of that and I was angry I was mad I was so tensed up I was kind of coming out and, and um, the counselor says what do you see now and I said you know the water and the rope and he goes yep I said I can see myself and I'm drowning because I said I'm done and I let go and I'm out I want nothing to do with it and I'm sinking, and I'm drinking, and I can see like a black outline. And I said, you know what, though? I'm at peace because I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of holding on, so I'm just going to drown. And I said, the crappy part is I know he's going to be down there waiting on me. See, what I learned right there in that moment, I'm not saying don't reach for Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying everybody's darkness is different. And at that moment, I wasn't supposed to reach for him. Because I would have done it on my own power, and my own accord, and my own will. And I didn't have it in me, and I didn't want to do it. I could feel the peace of just falling and just drifting. But as I left that session, it also felt unresolved. Because when I walked in or left, I didn't want to do the dirty work. I didn't want to go to that place. Because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to find him. But to get there is to go through hell, and I didn't feel like it. I've been living in it for a few years. I didn't want to go through the mud, the mire, the gross, the storm to get there. A week later, I walk in. He said, what's up? I said, let's get to work. No, we didn't waste any time. And I'm looking at Jesse a lot, but Jesse knows my story. He knows who I see. Um, so I've been, as you can read in my shirt, it says into the storm. And I'm no expert. I'm no, I've just researched a little bit. Um, but I didn't know this until pretty recently that, that when, a, when a winter storm or a storm is coming, that, that bison run into the storm. They don't run from it. Cows are like sheep and like people. We, we, we run away. They, they tuck tail and they run and they try to outrun the storm. Who's ever been through a, a literal storm and an internal storm? 
Do you ever outrun it? You just prolong it. You prolong the misery. You prolong what's coming. Because it's going to catch you anyways. And so, kind of been reading this stuff and reading a couple of stories. And, you know, I've been trying to actually find some videos and find more about it. But one of the articles I read, uh, just how they're built. Their, their coat, their, their fur coat, their head, their, their bodies. Um, they are literally built for the storm. And the thing is, they know that they're built for it. It's an internal instinct that they know, okay, it's coming. Let's go into it. Uh, can you go to that next picture, please? Thank you. So as I'm sitting there with... with uh, it's hard not to say his name. I just don't want to drop it out there. Uh, we'll just we'll just call him DG. Um, and I'm sitting in the chair, and he even looked at me. He goes, "Why am I even in the room with you right now?" Because I was just talking and just working things out. I was like, "Well, maybe you can pay me the the, the seventy bucks that I am <laughs> paying for this." I didn't say that, but I sit there and I'm I'm just I'm wrestling in my mind with God's grace. See, grace isn't just about salvation. I've thought that the whole time. God will extend His grace. He'll extend His mercy. He'll extend His grace. He'll extend His favor on all areas of my life because He wants to. I'm sitting there and then I wasn't sitting. I was standing up. If people could have, can, you can kind of see through the windows outside, they probably would have thought a fight was going on because I get pretty animated. And, um, but I stood up, I'm wrestling and going, the bison know that they're built for the storm. And it hit me. I have the power of Jesus in me. Why am I running away? He has given us every thing that we need we alone are not built for that storm it's hard to see because it's grainy but when i looked it up the snow was actually going into his face and he's literally walking into it me by myself no i'm a cow and my personality type i don't i don't like confrontation it eventually meets me and we'll deal with it when it gets there. But I'd rather kind of prolong it and get away from it. Which doesn't work because it always catches me. But because of Jesus Christ, we're built for the storm. Because he is gracious enough to give us his son. He sent it. I can't, I've said this before, but can you imagine giving your child away to help somebody else? Forget y'all. My kids are here. We're safe. Forget you. But he knew from the beginning he was going to have to send the lamb. But I also learned that moment we don't maximize the power that he gives us. I don't think we ask enough questions. We don't ask the right questions. We don't ask God for the right questions to ask. 
He gives us power and authority. He's gracious enough to allow us into darkness to find him. Can he snap his fingers and fix every situation? Yes. But his love is too great, his mercy is too much, his grace is too much to do that. We live in a fallen world. He loves us too much. He favors us too much to have it easy. Now, before I go on, I'm not saying go borrow trouble. Like Paul says, we're not going and looking for, let's don't do more so we can get more grace. That's not what I'm saying. I think most of you know that, but just in case, we don't send more to get more grace. But y'all, even this week, I've seen his grace and his mercy in me because I've done things I'm not proud of. And the Spirit, when you ask the Spirit to, when you're, when you're kind of done and don't have the words anymore, I forget where the verse is, but the, the Spirit will moan and groan for you. Yes. How powerful that is. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, I'm going to read it again. For I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. See, when I read that a few weeks ago, when Coach was, was doing his sermon, See, I feel, like I'm kind of, I feel like I'm really screwed up up here. And we probably are, but I, a lot of times I think that it's, there's just a few of us. Because I kind of like don't want to get out of the darkness sometimes. But I just, like there's these thoughts and there's these things that happen up here. But when I read this, because I know that I have Jesus. I had validation. Here's Paul, somebody who, literally persecuted the church and God used him still he blinded him, he changed him and he used him and I agree with my dad with this that, that you know, this is an opinion but that there was a lot of Paul's zeal was because he had had his previous life and he knew that life was short and there wasn't enough time and he had to go and he had to go and he had to go but I found validation that he made me. All that goes on up here, yeah, sometimes it's not from him. But I am what I am by his grace. I worked harder than any of them. There's a lot of people in this room, I ain't talking about going to work. Or I'm talking about there's a lot of us that have worked our tails off to seek him, to learn about him, to be close to him. And it takes work and it takes effort to have a relationship. Four things I want you to take away with you. Because number one, he loves you so much. I am a sinner saved by the grace of God. I am a sinner saved by his grace, not just in salvation but by my daily struggles, my daily life, he keeps pouring it out. Number two, 
Sometimes you have to let go of the rope. See, when I was in that place, just holding on to that rope, it took so long because he was, I think he was trying to show me, like, you have to let go. You can't do this. Let go. Let yourself drown because I'm going to be at the bottom of that hole, that deep, dark, watery hole, and I'm going to find you. His grace, his favor is sufficient. There, it didn't go away. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. This is Paul. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. But verse 9, my grace is all you need. I could probably stop right there. But I'm going to keep going. Number three, don't be a cow. Be a bison. Let his power run through you. Head into the storm. Take it on. Because it's coming no matter you want it to or not. Like it's coming. Ask him for the strength to stand up. Go through it. There was a picture I came across. Of body. I mean, the, the thing, you couldn't see his legs. Like he was that. It don't, it don't mean it ain't going to get deep and ugly. It doesn't mean it's going to be fun. It doesn't mean it's going to be glory. It's going to stink. And it's going to be hard. But you can go into it taking it on with his power or it can catch you from behind. Number four, embrace the darkness, not sin. Don't embrace sin. But if you're in the darkness and you're fighting to get out and you're holding on, sometimes the journey, that's where he's taking you. You want a relationship with him? You really want to grow close with him? Sit alone in the dark by yourself. See, I was scared to sit alone. I was scared to be by my, myself because all these things, all of, of Satan putting those thoughts in my head. And all I had to do was sit there and go, Father, put your Holy Spirit and your angels around me, protect my mind, and let me sit here and listen. I've asked the questions that help me to listen and help me to be patient. Worship team, if you will, Come up, please. So if you haven't accepted Jesus, you really should. It doesn't mean that your life is going to take this, you know, this turn. It's all sunshine and rainbows. But what it means is, is that now you've, you're going to have his power. You're going to have his strength working through you to take on the mess of this world. Because we live in a fallen and dark and ugly world. And it's nasty and it's, it's not fun. But, like I mentioned Friday night, death will die. And we will be with him. Maybe you've accepted Jesus. Maybe you're ready to find the light. Maybe you think you're in the light. You might be. Get ready. I'm not saying go look for darkness. I thought I was in light. I thought I knew what it looked like. What a beautiful, beautiful sight to see Jesus standing there in the light, 
after you've walked through a, a dark tunnel where he's just holding you. And the last thing I'll share is that happened one time and in 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 this in the space. Dylan was there, Brandon was there, and some other people. And Jesus was there. And they were kind of like, okay, you gotta walk through that door. Man. Too dark, don't want to. <laughs> but he carried me. And I have a tattoo on my chest that says, keep on keeping on. It was my grandmother's last words to me when I was 17. And I waited till darkness happened to, to go get it. And if I had more money, I'd probably have more of them on me because I kind of get emotional with them and it's kind of addictive a little bit. But as he was carrying me through this deep, dark tunnel, and I could see a door. I had my head, my hand and my head on his chest. And it happened to be right where my tattoo is. It says, keep on keeping on. And I asked you, I said, where's mine? Where's my mark when you got whipped from me? And he said, it's right there. That's something personal. You know, that's something that's made up, but he showed me and he showed me that that's where mine was. Because we all have one on him. He took one for all of us. And I'm sure somebody else's is probably right there too. There will be, Tom can be at the front and I'll be in the back if anybody wants to talk. If you haven't accepted Jesus, the water of life, the light, the source of life, don't wait. Don't rush it. But don't wait. Jesus, we come to you right now, and I thank you so much for your grace and your mercy, for finding favor over us. May we seek you in a way that we haven't before. And I ask that even for the, for the most experienced people in this room that have been following you for a long time. Take them deeper. Take them further. Because I know I want to. Jesus, please. Thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.